Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Folks, we're back. It's biscuits. It's episode sixteen. I'm 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 thinking our sweet sixteen episode. And um, I'm Dave Lozo of Vice Sports and many other places. And I want to say hello to Sean. Are you there? Are you there, Sean? I'm here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we are, as you can tell by the tone of our voices, super super excited about the unofficial kickoff. Of the 2017 NHL trade deadline today with an absolute whopper of a move that's going to get us into all kinds of just great trade deadline talk. It's it's a game changer. It's the move we were all waiting for. It's Ron Hainsey to Pittsburgh for a second. So um, I don't even know why we bother even going forward with the trade deadline at this point because the Penguins have just won the Stanley Cup. They've locked it up. So sorry, Matt Duchesne. Sorry, Kevin Shattenkirk. It's over. This is the first domino that's going to topple and send everything else spilling around. How many are we at right now? Because I remember we, we did the over-unders. Like, how many how many trades are we at so far, do you know? There have only been, let me look, I think there were four trades in the last week since we talked, two of which were completely meaningless. I saw the Stone trade, and I'm like, oh my god, Ottawa traded, why would they trade him? Like, they need him for the strike. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. that Whoops. guy. Mm. Yeah, no, we've had, we've had seven trades in February, which is well under... Yeah. I believe where I had set the over under that we thought was you were at the forties, weren't you? It was like forty four. I had yeah, oh well, yeah. I guess I had <laughs> seven heading up. Yeah, I I, I had thirty eight and a half altogether. Thirty eight and a half. And you know, you figure deadline day. If it's a typical deadline day, which maybe it won't be, but if it is, that's about twenty. Assuming we get a few more before then, you know, we could we could still get into like the thirties. I, I think it's. I don't think we're hitting. The high mark, and part of that is because I, I was banking on getting a few deals out of the the Golden Knights, and now we're told that that's not going to uh, happen. Well, you never know. It's like when you bet an over under in sports, and like at halftime, it's not looking good, and then the second half, there's like a huge yeah. burst of scoring. Maybe there'll be a huge great. Right, maybe the Ron Hainsey deal is the. I think the Ron Hainsey deal is either the deal where people are like, "Whoa, Ron Hainsey for a second. Let's yeah. not make any trades," or it's just like, "Holy shit, we can get a second for Ron Hainsey. Imagine we can get for our guys. Let's go do this right, right. now." So yeah, if you were on the fence about selling, yeah, this is the kind of trade that makes you go, uh, "You know what? Maybe I need to jump in there." It's like, can we, can we get can we get McDavid maybe for for Verbata? Is that possible? <laughs> Should we call? Just ask. I, I mean, this honestly, th- this 
I do wonder if we're not going to look back at Arizona and, and Colorado. Like, I know Arizona made the one, the stone trade, but if we're going to look at them and say they missed an opportunity, because in the last week, you know, Carolina's now selling. Detroit's pretty much said they're going to sell. I feel like Dallas is is pretty much there. there. There's a few other teams. Like, suddenly it's going to get crowded, and you're going to be sitting back going, like, you guys had the whole market to yourself. Did you, could you not have got more done than you did? Well, maybe teams were like saying the same thing, but they were like, "Well, we could, let's just wait." Like could be. Carolina might fade out of this thing. Dallas might start selling, but I, I just the 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 one guy like let's say Colorado doesn't trade Matthew Shane. Like let's say they're just like you know what we can't get the Joe Sackick's like my job is way too hard, Sean. I, I can't I can't possibly be be expected to to do this sort of thing at the trade deadline. Martin Hans not Martin Ham yeah, Martin Hansel might be the guy like Montreal gets to be one of their top six forwards, one of their top two centers. And then he might, he might fetch it for, I mean, if Antoine Vermette was worth the first round pick that year, uh, Martin Hans was probably worth the first round pick this year. The reports were, they were asking for a first round pick and one of Montreal's best prospects. Hmm. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, that, that was one of those, like we talked a little bit last week about Joe Sackick and his Matt Duchesne asking price and people, people acting as if he was asking for too much. Uh, when he really didn't seem to be like the Martin Hansel, that's a good example of, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess it's just a month till the deadline. There's no harm in setting the price way, way up there. But that wasn't even way, way up there. That was just, that was just, that was like fair, you know, like, I, I, I just, I, I, I someone's going to pay. I, I do think it's going to, yep. I, I think the Islanders are going to go nuts if they're, if they're like a point out or they're in the wild card spot. I think they're in the wild card spot maybe now, actually, because Boston and everybody lost last night, but maybe they're, they're right there. And if they're in the wild card spot, I could see Garts though saying, you know what? I want to, I want to keep my job for the full 10 years of my contract and <laughs> I want to, I want to get the attention off this, this building thing. And that maybe, yeah. maybe he goes nuts and take just, a run, make John Tavares happy, make it look like we're, yeah, we're winners. This is their last shot, right? This is, John Tavera's renegotiating window opens this summer. Is it this summer or next summer? I think it opens January 1st, right? That's how that stuff works when you have to renegotiate a new contract. Like when Steven is he a free Sa- agent? When Does he hit free agency? In, I should, I'm a Leafs fan. I should know this. He hits free agency in 2018. So Seven, he, 18, right, right, right. Yeah, so, so, he can, yeah, so they renegotiate this summer. January 1st is only if it's a one-year deal. So, oh, so there they you can, go. They can, they can start the countdown. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of factors that's that's what we need. Like I feel like the contender teams are being way too conservative and they're way too happy with where they are. We need one of the like non-contenders that thinks it's a contender to suddenly go nuts and Yes. Yeah, like 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 the Islanders when they traded for Ryan Smith that year. Like that's what we need. We yeah, need, we need that's that, exactly what we need. It's it, it's like trade. it's like a bar fight, but it's not really a fight. Everyone's just kind of shoving and everything. You need like the one crazy little guy to come in and just start <laughs> breaking bottles over people's heads, and and that'll wake everybody up. Here's my my take, my my moderately lukewarm take on the Ryan the Ron Hainsey trade is going back to 2015. Patrick Kane broke his collarbone. It was the first time I'd ever heard somebody being out 12 weeks with a broken collarbone. Like Usually that's like a six to eight week injury. And it was weird because the 12 weeks took them into the playoffs. Like I think the 12 week, the, the, it, was, it was to the conference finals maybe at that point. 
And then magically, after the Blackhawks loaded up at the trade deadline, suddenly Patrick Kane was skating before the season was over. His collarbone had magically healed to the point where he could play full contact NHL hockey in the playoffs right when they started. And because of the loophole in the CBA, you can go over the salary cap number in the playoffs, which I I just don't get how that's a thing, but it's a thing. And so now the Penguins... The thing with them was they were so screwed because they had no cap room. No one's going to take Marc-Andre Fleury's contract. They, they needed some space to add some guys. And now they have only Mata, who's out six weeks. And those six weeks, I think, take him up to like the last week of the season. And now Trevor Daly is going to be out six weeks, which takes him right up to the playoffs. If the Penguins decide that they want to load up at the deadline and then have only Mata go on like a conditioning stint or something, whatever, whatever they can do to delay that comeback until the start of the playoffs... They can do the same thing because I think those two guys combined make like six, seven million dollars. You can you can do a lot a lot of the deadline with six, seven million dollars, and they can add, you know, a top four defenseman. They can add a top six winger, a top six forward of any kind, and they can do the same thing. And I just, it, it, it's I guess it's technically not cheating. It's not like a New England Patriots deflate the footballs, film the other guys kind of thing. But it's just so shady that like you can yeah. you can do that. And I, I they should do it. They should absolutely do it. They should load up and have a seventy eight million dollar payroll going into the playoffs. But I think we'll figure out if they're going to do that once they get through the trade deadline. Yeah, I, and it could it could absolutely happen. More teams should probably do it. Push their guys down flights of stairs, like right around yeah. like late. No, February. just you know, you look. Hey, yeah, you look a little. <laughs> uh, you got a bit of a limp there. Why don't we just shut yeah. you down for four weeks and uh, yeah, and and get it done? Uh, yeah, like the long term injured reserve is such a weird rule. I still feel like I don't fully understand it. I don't think too many people fully get how it works. Like we just found out this week, randomly. Oh, by the way, the Maple Leafs who we thought were capped out have actually got like $17 million in cap space because they have all these guys who they snuck onto the injured reserve, which again, good job NHL by giving the fans the information (laughs) that we need Uh, that this was just hidden for, for like, four or five months wait what was it though what was is it nathan horton they just didn't put him on long-term ir yet i think it was all of them it was horton uh, joffrey lupul and uh and robada i think all went all were snuck onto the long-term injured reserve at the beginning of the season which again i don't like and people are like well now they have 17 million in cap room and i'm like well then why why is it a surprise that they did this that that seems like it should have been yeah. obvious but like i know like you have to you want to get as close to the cap as you can before you trigger your long-term injured reserve because that gives you more room and and you know even right. in the leaf situation they're worried about bonuses because all the rookies are doing well so they're gonna have to take a cap hit next year so any if they actually spend any of that cap room it's really coming off of next year's cap and, and all of this stuff but uh, you know my favorite part of this ron hainsey deal is like Again, here's here's a league full of GMs. Oh, the salary cap makes my job too hard. And the Penguins are the one team <laughs> listed on the cap sites as like negative cap space. And Jim Rutherford's just like, I don't care. I'm making a trade. I need I need a defenseman. I'm gonna go get one. Screw your cap. Meanwhile, everyone else is sitting there with like six mil, like enough room to take on a six million dollar contract, and they're like, oh, I, I just can't figure it out. Can't piece it together. It's just too hard. Don't worry, other NHL GI. This is just Jim Rutherford, the guy who won the Stanley Cup last year and has one of the best teams in the league going out and he's making his team better at the deadline, but don't don't worry about it the rest of you. I'm sure you're sure you guys are just fine. But that's the other part of it too, is it should make it easier to trade Matthew Shane in a way because like the thing I wrote advice about trade Matthew Shane now was I mean, it, some of it's hindsight, but it's really not. 
for what four or five years it was LA and Chicago versus everybody else. Like if you were in LA or Chicago, you know you were going to be St. Louis and you were going to lose to them in the second round of the conference finals. You were going to be the Rangers and come up short against somebody. And last year it was kind of the same thing. Like Pittsburgh going into the playoffs, I think we all thought they were playing so well with the new coach that they were probably it was basically them, Washington, and maybe Tampa. I don't know if anybody really thought San Jose was going to win that Cup final, but like there there wasn't like this huge there there was this divide I think between like for sure contenders and like teams that just weren't going to have enough. And now this year, like Washington is still that team where they're going to be super awesome in the regular season, but you know there's that potential to screw it up. You can't ever assume Washington, who hasn't gotten to the conference finals yet with Alex Ovechkin, is a for sure lock for the cup. Plus, they play Brooks Orpik 20 minutes some nights. It's, it's a bad recipe for, for, for winning 16 games. The Penguins' defense is is completely in shambles right now. You don't know how that's going to work out. Tampa might not make the playoffs. Chicago's not what they once were. You know, Minnesota isn't really a, a perennial. It's wide open. So there's yep. so many teams that could use... Matthew Shane. There's so many teams that could talk themselves into Matthew Shane or anybody like that. Kevin Shattenkirk. If somebody wants Gabe Landis, an actual difference maker, not not yes. a 15 goal guy to play on your third line, but an yes. actual difference maker who who because the thing is like if you go out and get let's say you go and get Kevin Shattenkirk, like there's teams out there that he could be their best defenseman. So if if you bring him in and he becomes your number one, you've just improved all six spots on your blue line because exactly. everybody else moves down a spot. It, I mean, it's, it's one, one move. You improve an entire, an entire position in, on, on your NHL roster. And, and yet, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't understand how parody became an excuse not to do something. Right. Parody should be, if, if everybody, if the difference between the 20th best team and the third best team is so micro thin, then why would you not want to make a move and jump five or 10 spots in the rankings towards a Stanley cup? Uh, you know, I, 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 like, I don't want to turn this into a repeat of last week, but I will never understand how NHL GMs think. And think of it like this too. Think about some of the guys that have been like those deadline guys, like since like Marion Hosa, like those, like David Legwand is worth a first round pick. Kyle Quincy is worth a first yeah. round pick in certain certain years. And David Legwand is essentially worth a first round pick because he was drafted really high a long time ago. He can play center. So when, when you have that combination, like GMs are just like, that's the kind of guy we need. He's got skill and he's also blah, blah, blah. But he's like in his mid 30s and he's worth a first round pick. Matthew Shane's 25 years old. He makes $6 million a year through 2019. You have cost certainty with him. He's not a rental. You can have him on your roster for the next two years, and he's totally worth the $6 million for what he can do. You, it, should be like, it should be this mutual thing. It shouldn't be like Joe Sackick, like, you know, holding him over everybody, like, you will do my bidding for Matt Duchesne, for I am the lord of the trade deadline, and I shall rule you all. Everyone should be like, I want Matt Duchesne. Like, he's not, he's not dangling Antoine Vermette for a first-round draft pick because the Blackhawks are desperate for a center. Like, every team could use Matt Duchesne. Every team could find a way to, to add him. And if the if the, if I swear to God, if Patrick Eves is the big deadline deal deadline day deal, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quit. I'm not gonna do this anymore. I will not come back to this podcast next Wednesday, next Thursday, if this is what we're doing. First of all, I would gain so much respect for Joe Sackick if that's how he talked to everybody <laughs> during the deadline. They're like, I don't know, man, we can get Landeskog, but I really don't want to call that guy because he's gonna do the he's gonna do the Lord of the Deadline thing. He's always petting his cat in an evil way whenever we meet <laughs> yeah. him in the boardroom. All right, get everybody in here. We'll put him on speakerphone. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like 
whatever it was when uh, when when the when they had the Claude Julian press conference and Mark Bergevin gets up there and he's like, well, everyone wants us to get a number one center, but those guys are just never available. Yes, there is. There's one right there. There's literally a guy right there. You know, oh, you know, you can never find a top pairing defense, but yes, you can. There is one available right now. Why are you not getting in there? And and you know, I I don't want to. Like, I don't want to push too far on the criticism until we've seen the deadline date. Because maybe, yeah, maybe some of these guys are like, you know what? I'm all in on Matt Duchesne, but I think the price comes down. So I, we're, we're going to wait it out. We're going to sure. squeeze this guy a little bit more, and we're going to make the deal. And if that's it, you know, if, if Wednesday comes and suddenly Pierre Dorian's been able to get Matt Duchesne out of Colorado without giving up Thomas Shabbat, and, you know, then good for him. That'll, that'll be great GM work by, uh, by him. But yeah, if it, if, man, the, tune in next week because next week might just be, it might just be me sixty minutes of <laughs> of anger and silence, either because I'm not letting Dave talk or because he's kept his promise and just not even bothered to show up. Like like Ottawa should give up anything they can to get Matt Duchesne, but I don't know if they if that, they should, but I don't know if they should because they, they already have tourists. They have Broussard. They just got him. So their, their top two center spots are pretty much like, obviously those guys are not Matthew Shane, but I don't know if you would want to break the bank yeah. for him, but like say you're Nashville and your number two center is Mike Fisher. I mean, Mike Fisher is probably retiring after this year. Like you, you can't find a way to make that work. If you're David Poyle, David Poyle is one of the guys who tends to be able to figure this stuff out. So maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe they can get it done, but you're right. There's, there's spots that should be a fit, and I don't know. And but but maybe I don't. Know, maybe Joe Sakic's the issue. Maybe he's doing this whole. You can't like like last week. My thing was the was the expansion draft excuse. Here's my rant for this week. Lay it this, on me. This whole idea that it's too complicated to make a <laughs> trade like this. Anybody who's still got term on their deal, it's too complicated to trade them. So Matt Duchesne's got whatever you know, a couple years left. It's too complicated. You can't do it in the middle of the season. You need more. It, there's not enough time to put this together. What a load of nonsense. And, and I'll tell you, I, I, I don't even have to have to say it's nonsense in a theoretical way. I, I'll prove to you that it's nonsense. The NHL has virtually no rules around making trades. There's there's no requirements that the salaries balance out. Uh You've you've basically got it. Both teams have to stand under the cap. Both teams have to stand under the 50 contract limit. That's it. Those are the only rules around getting trades done in the NHL. The NBA has got a ton of rules around how the salaries work and 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 this and that. Like it's it's a that actually is a league where making trades is complicated. That's why you go to ESPN.com or whatever. There's like they have the the trade wizard for the NBA where if you you know, if you, you go in and you type players' names in and it'll tell you whether that trade is allowed or not. And you don't see that for the NHL. Like a couple of the cap sites have, have built one, but it's useless. It, all it does is just look at, like, well, here's the cap hit. Go ahead and make your trade. Like once they, once they invented the, the thing where you could retain salary, like that was it. Like yeah. you, can, you can do anything you want now. There's, there's no, and you know, every team has bad contracts in the NHL that they can say, you know, you're going to need to take this guy. He's, he's got the expiring deal and, and, you know, stash him in the minor leagues if you need to. But it's you can always get it even out, but the NBA has all these complicated rules, and yet uh, we're seeing like we're recording this on Thursday. It's NBA trade deadline day, and we're seeing a bunch of trades involving 
big name players. Like they're, I'm, I'm not a big NBA fan, but you know, like, the, like Demarcus Cousins gets traded on uh, on Sunday night in a, a trade, five player trade, two draft picks, hundreds of millions of dollars in potential salary impact, and from the behind the scenes, we're told that deal basically came together in a weekend, maybe a week depending on when they started talking about it. And this is the NBA. Magic Johnson showed up, took his job, and like an hour later made a trade. Like he was like, I, I got this. I know very little about the NBA. My my way of measuring whether an NBA player is good is is basically just whether I've heard of him. Uh, I've heard of Paul George. But, you know, as my understanding, best player on the Indiana Pacers. And yesterday, there was a report that they are, the Pacers are exploring the possibility of trading him. It was 24 hours before the trade deadline. And they just decide, okay, we'll start looking into it. And nobody was like, oh, there's no way. They don't have enough time. People were like, yeah, all right. The trade deadline's tomorrow. You got a day. Get to work. And this is a league, like the NBA, they've got all these rules. The salaries are way bigger. I mean, there's there's far more money at stake uh, in in terms of the deals that these players have. Uh, They have, I mean, draft picks in the NBA. Any trades involving draft picks in the NBA get so complicated with all the conditions and, you know, it it's protected and if it falls in this range then it turns into that or it pushes down like it type nba traded draft picks into google and look at the pages that come up it's you know it's it's like reading it's like reading the terms and services on on like an itunes update it's <laughs> it's ridiculous and yet you know in this this other sports leagues these gms aren't don't sit there going oh this is so complicated we couldn't possibly do it and then yet in the nhl you've got you know it if I was an owner paying millions of dollars to a GM, his assistant, his associate, his capologist, his director of player development, his director of pro scouting, this whole room full of people, and they looked me in the eye and told me it's just too complicated to make a trade with less than four months lead time. I, I mean, I'd be tempted to fire the whole bunch of them. I, I'd, I'd love to like do a bit where like you're the owner of the Avalanche and you walk into like Joe Sackick's office and like he's surrounded by a bunch of yes men. There's like a cat groomer for his you know cat that defines him as an evil lording of of the of the of the GMs and like Joe, Joe, it's 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 February 27th. What are we gonna do here? And he's just like, look, it's really hard. Yeah. You know, hold, hold on one second. Uh, I, a little easier on the pedicure, please, Miss. I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like the feet to be very good for the beach this summer. So, as I was saying, um, you have no idea how hard I'm working here to try to make this happen. But another thing too about the NBA, I've noticed, is the Paul George thing. Like the Pacers are in sixth place in the East. They're. I mean, the, the NBA is weird because they have the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then there's like two other teams, but like it's a two-team league at this point, and the Pacers. Are in the playoffs right now, and they're they're they got like four or five teams right behind them. And Paul George is a very good player. He signed for one more year. There's an option after that, um, and they're like, yeah, we could probably look into trading him now, considering where we are in the standings. And like, no NHL team is ever honest with themselves in that way when it comes to their situation. Like, where, like, who's it? Like, the Islanders are probably actually a good team for that. Where they're 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 not going to win the cup. They're not going to mm-hmm. win the cup this year. They they have to get things in order for John Tavares. Um, Vancouver, Vancouver, another team where be honest with yourself. Like you have Brian Miller, you have the Sedins, maybe look into, into, into building for the future. See if they'll waive their no trades. Basketball is like, buddy, I, I have one of the five or 10 best players in the NBA who wants him. Oh, is he yeah. going to be a free agent? No, 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 no. You, you've got a full year with him on his contract if you want. And, and these teams are making, you know, NBA teams are, are making trades, even though the NBA, like, 
by this point in the year, there's like three teams that can win. Right. And yet, you know, teams are out there, you know, like New Orleans is out there making a trade, bringing in a star player. You know, are they going to win this year? No, but, uh, you know, they're they're trying to at least set the table. And they're trying to get better. They never wait for the summer in the NBA. They never do. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just like, all right, like like the Sixers today traded Dude, for no. Andrew Bogut. Why would you wait? Right. Things could change. You know, you yeah. can wait. Like if you're Joe Sackick and you think you're going to trade Matt Duchesne to Montreal and you're going to wait till the offseason, like who knows what happens the offseason? You know, maybe, maybe Alex Galchenyuk gets to play a top line center under Claude Julian and he breaks through and now Montreal doesn't feel like they need a guy anymore. Or maybe they go on a big playoff run and, and Mark Bergeron feels good about his team and he's not under any pressure to, to move something like, you know, it's just, you're just kicking the can down the road and avoiding the tough decisions. Uh, and then, you know, like I said last week, you get to, you get to the off season, there'll be a reason to do it later in the off season. And then there'll be a reason to wait until training camp. And we just go around and around in the cycle and, you know, the danger for the avalanche is you you wind up doing what the Oilers did, where they basically did this dance for three years with their core, never moved anybody. And then when they finally had to stop and, and do something, they ended up making a, a trade that everybody thought was terrible. The, the situation reminds me of, so like every year, me and my friends, we go on a, like a, a baseball trip to like a city where we've never been to go see a baseball game. The idea is we're going to see all 30 stadiums before we die, but like two of us will die before we get to 30 for sure. There's no way, there's no <laughs> way we're going to get it done. And so... Last year, we were like, "Let's go to Chicago. Let's go because like we usually like we've done Kansas City, Milwaukee. We've done like weird cities that aren't really like vacation destinations, but there's a baseball team there. So the idea is go see all thirty. So let's go do that. So we're like, let's go to Chicago this year. Let's go to like a city where the bars are open till four. It's a big time city. Let's go do that. It's like great. Let's do that. And we look for our flights in like February, and it's like, wow, these are expensive. Let's hold off and wait and look, and wait a little later and see if the prices come down. And they never do. They only get more expensive. They, the, the flights yep. only get worse. The options only get worse. If you have something in front of you that's good and it's going to make you happy and it's going to make you, say, a better, whatever the metaphor is here, hockey flight person buying team thing do uh-huh. it do it because 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 seriously like come june like what if like what if like, for, like forget about galchenyuk what if galchenyuk is just a point per game guy in the playoffs and like and like deno is is something similar you're like wow why am i going to pay six million dollars for one of my top two centers when i have this kid locked up you know and i control his rights mm-hmm. for the next however many years do it and do not it to now. mention just you know to to throw one other thing out there if you're joe Sackick, there's no guarantee you're still the gm in June. Ooh, that's an even better point. Yeah. I mean, you got like this, like, who is it? Pierre Lacroix, like looking over your shoulder saying like, I'd be willing to go and <laughs> be the GM if they need, like, I realize you're Joe Sackick and it's a Colorado Avalanche and the odds of them firing you are pretty minimal, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man, you, you gotta have, you're, you're the GM of not just the worst team in the league, but like, this is quite possibly the worst team of the cap era. Like, yeah. I think you could... They're certainly the worst team of the cap era that was not intentionally trying to be bad. <laughs> like if we take out a couple of those Buffalo years, like this is the worst, this is the worst team of the cap era. You got to have a lot of confidence in your job security. If you're just like, I oh, know I'll give me a call in June. I, maybe that's enough. If I'm Mark Bergman, maybe I'm like, no, Joe, let's get this deal done now because right. I want to, I want to make this deal with you and <laughs> I'm not necessarily confident like I, I, I said that I said that this morning I was and I, I realized it kind of sounded might have sounded worse than I meant it, but on, I did a St. Louis radio hit and you know they were asking like who well, who would you be ta-? and I was like you got to call the Avalanche because they're like I basically said they're the dumbest team in the league and <laughs> you got to get in there and try to work with them. 
I, I probably should have made it sound a little softer than that. But yeah, this is, you know, if Colorado, you know, if they if they make a change at the top, they bring in a guy, then maybe that guy comes in and says, ah, you know, now that guy comes in and says, I, I need a year to look at the team and, oh, and figure it out. <laughs> and now there's, you know, your opportunity's gone if you're one of these teams that could have pushed for a deal and, and decided that you just wait till the summer. Not to mention, if you're... If you're Montreal, if you're Ottawa, if you're any of these teams, if you're a playoff team, you're trying to get Matt Duchesne. You make a move like this because you think Matt Duchesne's going to help you win the cup. So get as many playoff runs as you can out of them. I mean, the, the playoffs are a crapshoot, but if you can make yourself better, get as many chances as you can. You know, get the, how many how many are playoff runs you're going to have Matt Duchesne in his prime. You know, get maybe he's got six six playoff runs in his absolute prime left okay get all six of those instead of five of the six why would you punt on this year and go in with a, a worse lineup than you need to just because you'd feel better about making a trade when it's sunny out? i love like how i want to let everybody know i want to let all the readers know that um there was a time when me and sean loved hockey and we didn't we didn't <laughs> we didn't do this like 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 sean sees the trade deadline and sees all the bad that could happen. He sees, oh, well, if a new GM comes in, well, he'll just want to wait a year to make a trade anyway. Uh, like, the Patrick Line, austin Matthews thing has been awesome so far. They've played two games, right? And they've both been absolutely fantastic games where both guys mm-hmm. have been awesome. And all I can think about is how everybody ruins Sid versus Ovi and how someone's going to find a way to ruin this over the next four or five years. Instead of, like, looking forward to these games, I'm going to look forward to, like, shitty takes about how Patrick Laine is not a winner and how Austin Matthews is just a better player because he's an American or something like I'm, I'm I should not be having these thoughts two games into their careers where they played head to head yet this is this yeah, is what we this, are. this is what the NHL has done to I me don't, like, it's, see that's the thing you you said we hate hockey I don't hate hockey I love hockey I hate the NHL yes that's exactly it and the people <sighs> who, who run the league and run the teams and just it's the, just the worst bunch of people to run and present and be in, basically in charge of my absolute favorite sport. It's the worst run anything. It reminds me of Play Now on Seinfeld, <laughs> where like George gets there and he's like, oh, "I can go hog wild in this place. This is great." No, no, no. It's not Play Now. It's when he gets, it's when he works for Kruger Smoothing and he's just he's like, "This place is run by idiots. It's fantastic." Like the NHL is the Kruger Smoothing of sports. Like it's not even close. There's no other sport. Like think about. Like baseball this week, where they finally said, "Hey, we are going to get rid of the intentional walk. Just throw up a signal. It's it's four pitches. It's ball four. Take first base." Like like hockey takes, I don't know how many. Like think about how long it took hockey to get like instant replay on goals in a sport that's played a hundred miles an hour, where there's no angles on stuff, where you'd probably want to get a second look at a lot of things. And like we're still not reviewing like headshots during the course of games like college football reviews headshots to see if they're worth throwing guys out of games hockey it's just like ah, yeah sure i think that was worth a game misconduct yeah let's let's throw them out of there like hockey is so far behind the times on just almost everything you don't want a league to be behind the times on and they're dumb and they're they, they, um, i feel like like i've been to the nhl headquarters in new york and i I walked around a little bit but i I didn't see the whole i feel like there's a meeting room where they make the important decisions and the meeting room like the only decoration is just this giant wall-to-wall poster that says everything is fine (laughs) and that's the starting for every discussion like somebody comes in like i was thinking maybe we and gary bettman just points up at the sign it's the dog in the meme in the in the in the fire room where he's this (laughs) this is fine yeah 
that's it. That's yeah. basically everything's everything's fine. And then if somebody like spends years and years and years lobbying, they're like, okay, you can make a minor change to the offensive zone faceoff rule. <laughs> I like how I like how we always come back to that stupid rule. But once we've made that rule, you have to go over and apologize to the sign. <laughs> While Joe Sackick's in the room petting his cat going, yes, 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 that's what you yes. want. Uh, should we play a game of buyer or seller? Yeah, people like games because they, they, they can play along at home. This is a fun game in which I will give Dave the name of a team and he will give me... Are you going to give me whether you think they will be buyers or sellers or whether they should be? I'll do both. Or seller. Do both, time. okay. We got time. All right, let's start, let's start easy. Los Angeles Kings. Oh, yeah, they're buyers. They're, they're still in that window. They... They 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 need like a they need as always. Here's the thing too is like at the deadline it's always the same thing. They need some they need offense. So what do they do the one year? They say hey like, give me Jeff Carter. Columbus is like See, I yeah feel like sure. The Columbus option isn't open to them this year. That's that's the thing is like they're not gonna unless like for some reason like the Colorado or Colorado Columbus is just in that in that rhythm where they're like yeah take Cam Atkinson sure just give us a third that's fine. Like really yeah no yeah. no 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 it's, it's tradition. I don't know I feel like Colorado is the new Columbus so. <laughs> maybe that's where that that all goes but you're right like this is every every year around this time there's that kind of unspoken debate of is it really worth it to do something to get into the playoffs just so you can be the eighth seed and get knocked out in the first round but like the kings they get in as like it, they could get in as a wild card and you will absolutely have people picking them to win the stanley cup absolutely and they and like they, they, they could use like a verbata or like a patrick eaves kind of guy like a nice cheap winger that can yep. score you some goals in the power play Definitely, All right, so that was that was easy. That was your warm up. Let's go to the 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 team that's tied with them, Winnipeg Jets. You know, the Winnipeg Jets always feel lower in the standings than they are. Like I I, I look and I'm like, oh, they're 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 two points out. Huh? That's that's yeah. not that's not too bad. But Every like, time I write anything about the Jets, like everything's terrible, and I write something and it's like scheduled to go out three days later, and they win two games in a row, <laughs> and they're tied for the last wild card spot every single time. But like they're they're in that place where like the Kings are in, a, and they're also the Kings are also going to get John Quick back, so they're going to yeah. have a number one goalie for the rest of the season too. So like let's say if the Jets had a, had an actual legitimate number one goalie that was going to show up at the same time as the trade deadline, I'd say yeah, you know, yeah. make a move, get something, but. They're also I I don't know who, who who would they sell though they don't really have a bunch of guys that are like trade, they trade don't, yeah guys. they don't really have rentals yeah. and and the thing with with the Jets is it always it's always kind of more of a philosophical question because they don't trade at all right they've kind of made that their their organizational policy my thing with the Jets is that you hockey's been back in Winnipeg for I think this is six years now boy they right? have six? not Jesus. won one single playoff game. In that time, they've made the playoffs once. They got swept. I mean, at some point, because this is a good. They've got a ton of young talent. This is a. They are great at drafting. They have hit. I think you know, even though they haven't had like that top. Other than last year, when when they won the lottery, they haven't had that like top of the of the draft pick. Uh, but they just hit home runs on like eighth, ninth, tenth overall picks time and time again. They've got. They're they're clearly doing a good job developing. They've got this great young system. There was, I think, it was the hockey news a few years ago had a cover story that said like, "Meet your 2019 Stanley Cup champion, Winnipeg mm. Jets," just because of all the young talent they've had. So I get, you know, I get the idea that hey, stay the course, be patient. But I mean, at some point, the needle's got to move a little bit here, doesn't it? Yeah. No, that's <sighs> all right. I I like you. No, you're right, but I I I don't know what. The... They're, they're I mean, like, if, if 
if you're win let, let me just if if you're Winnipeg and let's pretend that you you get permission somehow to go out and make a trade like isn't this a team that should be going out to get a goalie even if it's Ben Bishop even if you're renting a guy for one you know and and because I mean Ben Bishop's going to be a free agent there's no way he's going to go from Tampa to <laughs> signing long term in Winnipeg but wouldn't that be a guy you go out and get and and just you know, try to try to make a run at the playoffs, and then who knows? And at the very worst, you know, like he, the Jets are in danger of being that, you know, being like the Oilers were, where you're sitting there going, you know, Taylor Hall is has been in the league for six, seven years, and he's never even played in a playoff game. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He's never played in a meaningful you could argue NHL game, you know, even, even this year going over to the devils, you know, at, at some point like that, like that eats at the core of your, of your team. Like at, at some point, let's get these guys out there. And, you know, even if it's in the playoffs, uh, you know, again, maybe, you know, let's get a win, let's get something going. And, and uh, you know, if goaltending is the main issue, there are goaltenders out there, you know, other teams, I might say, you know what, you, you don't have to, don't you know? Don't go just to make the playoffs. But with these guys, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's yeah, something to be said for just yeah, making a run for the sake of it. Just to might be worth uh, it. Just so you can feel again. Because like, <laughs> because part of me thinks like you know what? Like let's say somebody came to them, and blew them away for like Blake Wheeler or, or or Brian Little, like somebody like that. Like not not one of the core young guys. Part of me is like maybe if the offer's really good, take it. But at the same time, you're right. Like, I don't know what kind of message that sends to the rest of the team where yeah. it's like, we're two points out and we're going to cut bait on some guys to, to play yeah. for the future again. So, yeah. And they did. I mean, they, they sold last year with Andrew Ladd. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. Yeah, maybe that was their play. All right. Let, let's let's do another one. A um, couple of, yeah, there's a couple of good ones in the East. Boston Bruins. Oh, God. That team is just such a mess. Like, they, they've been half selling and half buying for like two years. I don't know what that... Yeah. I, They're, they, they are like... They are driving fast down the highway, like right straddling the, the center lane. Yeah. <laughs> they are not in either lane. Don Sweeney's, I'm fine. I'm right where I want to be. Just, yeah. Just cars honking and swerving <laughs> around them. And they're like, yeah, this is good. We have a plan. <laughs> they should sell. They should. Do you think Don Sweeney's job is on the line if... I got no read on that, man, because it's like he just fired Claude. So it's like he, he should, you should have at least another year to do what he wants, but... I guess if you were going to do the rebuild thing, you should have done it right away and not waited two years. But <sighs> so they have Char, like they have, do they know Chara? Like, like who, like again, it's like, who, like who are they going to sell? Like they've, they've, they've got to, they've gotten to a point where they have a bunch of good young players and then they have Patrice Burger around. They have David Krejci. Like you would love to trade David Krejci. You'd love to get that contract off your books, but no one's taking that. Chara is, Chara is still fine for, for what he is and what he gets paid to do. But I don't know. Uh, they're, they, man, you, you're right. You made the first one really easy. You made the last two really hard. I, 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 w- I would 
have Boston be a stand pat team. I would just be like, hey, if we can add like a guy for a fourth round pick, that'll make us a little bit better. Fine, because if they get in, yep. the problem is is that if the Bruins get in, there's so many of these teams that if they get in, they're going to have to play the Caps in the first round. Like they're not going to get the they're not going to get like a layup or like a an upset chance first. I, I guess they can beat Washington. No, they can't beat Washington. They should sell. Final answer. They should sell. Yep. They should. I'm looking at their their uh, cap page right now. They've they've got two. Pure rental UFAs. I got John Michael Lyles, who Ugh. yeah, so you mm-hmm. might get something for. Yeah, get a fourth, or maybe they've got maybe. Dominic Moore, who I completely forgot was. Yeah, he's still there. Was still he? there, and Dominic Moore is the. I mean, this is the guy who got traded for a second round draft pick at like four consecutive trade deadlines. <laughs> yeah, like you. <laughs> I'm not saying you could get that for him now, but I. I think you go. You just you. you Tell, I don't know what this guy's worth. Yeah, you do. He's been traded four times at the deadline for the exact same thing every time. And there's Going teams like like I'll tell you right now. Like I I was at the Rangers Montreal game this week. Like boy, Montreal's top three lines, man. They roll them out there. They look great, and then they throw out the the Michael McCarron. Um, who the hell else is on that line? And it's like holy Christ, this, this this line gets run over every shift. Dominic Moore can be a helpful guy for not necessarily Montreal, but like a teams like that. Like he's, he's an upgrade. So yeah, Boston should be selling, sell everything right. you can. I got, I got a couple more, uh, both in the East. Let's first of all, the Islanders, we kind of touched on them earlier. Yeah. They, they're, they're like, they're kind of like Winnipeg East where like they can't sell. You can't go to the second round yeah. the year before and then sell. Like they could have, they could have, if the season had gone the way it looked like it was going a month ago, but I think right. since Doug Wake came on and you've, sort of turned it around i feel like this is one of those things where the players kind of did their the, the the coach and the players did their part and now but i i guess the question with them is how aggressively do you buy how how crazy does the little guy at the bar fight get well they can they can turn <laughs> yeah like like i i like i i feel like the, the little guy at the bar could like be doing like john wick crazy shit where like they're jumping off the bar and they're like they're 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 sh- they're shooting guys in the chest and like they're just you know they're wearing like a bulletproof suit and like they're just cutting through everybody like I think yeah. I think Gart Snow could be that nuts because he has he has Halak in the minors who by the way I don't know if people know this but like he's he's like setting AHL records for like wins in a row uh-huh. like he's dominating down there so he's it's not like he's in the AHL and he's sulking and his like save percentage is eight ninety five at Bridgeport he's he's worth something at this point so. Yeah, maybe you take him and trade him to Winnipeg or you trade him to Dallas or you trade him somewhere and you get something that helps you now. And then once you get that, you say, hey, Matthew Shane, what's up, buddy? How would you like to be the number? And also, I, I like the idea of the Matthew Shane trade from the standpoint of we need that new team that has like the Thornton Marlowe one-two pick from the same draft mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, that, that, right. could be, that could be us. That could be the new one. There you go. One and three. Just... Oh, they're one and three. Who's two? That yeah, oh, was that? Hedman. Yeah, Victor Hedman. Was oh, number two. But oh, right. Still, you know, that's close. That's as close as you're ever going to get. Yeah. Until Patrick Laney signs with the Maple Leafs <laughs> in a few years. I mean, how are they going to fit him on the team there once they have Kevin Shattenkirk for seven years? And he'll take a discount because he'll it'll be his chance to play with Calder Trophy winning center Austin Matthews. <laughs> uh, let me give you one more that I think is is an interesting one. Because I feel like I'm looking at other teams on the bubble, like Florida. Florida, we know they're going to buy. They basically said that. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay. I'm. I, I don't know. I have no idea what they're. I like them to sell do. Ben Bishop, but like keep everybody else. Yeah. See, to me, like you can trade Ben Bishop, and you're not really right. He's not your starting goaltender, so you can you can move. I, I'd be very surprised if they didn't make a move there. Uh, but the other one that I find kind of interesting is Philadelphia. Oh, they should they should blowtorch that team. That team is just such a mess. Oh God, 
they're 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 so tantalizing because they have so many like really talented. They have Voracek, they have Simmons, they have Giroux, they have Gossespierre, they have all these guys that are like super talented, but they're surrounded by all these like just doofuses that keep screwing everything up. Like they they don't they don't have enough, but the problem becomes like, well, who do you trade? Like, who's your who's your expendable guy that can get get you something? They've back? got half their blue line on expiring deals, so they could rent Mark Street, Michael Delzato, Nick Schultz, all veteran guys. Like at some point, Radko Gudis became a good defenseman, and now they're like, <laughs> uh, now they're like, what do we do with yeah. all these guys? Like that was a weird thing to, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so so when you say because you know my thinking with them is made the playoffs last year seemed like. You know, they they felt to me like a team that they hadn't really done the traditional rebuild, but they felt like a team when Ron Hextel came in that they had kind of hit the bottom and now they were they were moving back forward. They make the playoffs last year. They had that crazy hot streak this year where for a while the Metro's big four was a big five, and you were thinking, right? That, they won ten in uh, a row. They, you know, yeah, like nine or ten in a row, and and you know, so they've they've clearly got got something in them that they, you know they can. They can be a good team in this league. They've got, they've already got a few extra draft picks this year. Kind of felt like, you know, is this that you know Philadelphia is not typically the most patient town out there. Is this the time where Ron Hextel says, okay, we got to keep this. We we don't want to let the momentum stall here. We keep it moving forward. Um, but yeah, you're saying, would you would you look at moving like one of the bigger names? Not no, that like, necessarily I, I, can, but like I'm thinking, like it's it's more like a Bruins sell where it's just like take your take your pending UFAs, get what you can for them. Because like to me, if they trade Michael Delzato or they trade Schultz and they have to plug in different guys, like I don't think that really changes them one way or the other. Like like last year, I feel like was the best possible outcome for that team. But last year, they got hot at the end. They played the Caps tough for six games, but they just weren't good enough. They're basically in that same situation where, like, that's probably the peak for them again because if they get in, they're probably going to play the Caps in the first round. They'll probably have the same thing happen again. So I would just I would see like see what's out there because right they're they're probably going to get like a fourth a third for Michael Delzato, but if if they feel like it's not worth it, just keep it together and and see what they do. But they should they shouldn't buy. The other thing that's interesting about the Flyers is they both their goalies are UFAs at the end of the year, so that puts you in a situation where. Again, you know, I mean, Steve Mason's obviously a pretty up and down track record, but is that a guy that if some team out there needs a goaltender, you say, "Oh boy, I don't know." Boy, you if, know you're, you, if you if you if you think the answer to your problems is Steve Mason, you should ask you should ask a different question. Once once you once once you get beat from three quarters of the ice away from by by was it Daniel Winnick? Was Daniel yeah. Winnick the guy who shot that puck down the ice? That was it. That was the end of that series. Uh, yeah, that was okay. The the one thing, the thing that jumps out with with the Flyers is like they're as we're recording this, they're three points out of a playoff spot. Uh, if they decide to sell, like I say, they could move. If they moved Mark Street and Michael Delzato, their next two best defensemen are Andrew McDonald and Radko Gudas. They could potentially move a goal. Like this is a team. If you're looking at a contender to possibly sell at the deadline and then plummet down the standings. This is a team that I, I could see do it. Like this is one team. If Ron Hextel wanted to play it this way, I feel like he could sell at the deadline and turn this into a team that won like four of its last 20 games 
and suddenly you're sitting there going like, oh, wait, like the Flyers have got the fourth overall pick at the draft. <laughs> right. How did that happen? That could be a thing because it's so it's packed so tight. It's like Colorado, and that's, Arizona. You know, it's kind of like, look, man, like pick a lane. Like, what yeah. this, this uh, you know, you, 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 can, you can't really go halfway on, on a lot of it. Like I feel like some teams, there, there are teams out there, I, uh, like I don't want to give the impression that I think everybody should be making moves. Like I think there are teams out there, and I, like I, the Maple Leafs to me are a good example. No, you're you're fine where you are. No need to get crazy. No, you know if you don't make the playoffs, okay, you've still made progress. Uh, you know, but but also go ahead and take a shot at it. You don't necessarily need to sell. There's there's a few other teams that are kind of in that category. But yeah, it, I mean, it's at some point, you know, you and I've I think talked about this. Like there there's every NHL team should have somewhere in that front office just like a like a, a spinning arrow and it, it's either pointing forward or it's pointing backwards and you got to know what's the plan which direction are we going okay there's there's no staying still setting in the nhl anymore you've got to be you, you better be going forward slowly or going backwards real quick get busy and living or get busy dying it get, exactly get busy winning or get busy tanking <laughs> <laughs> Those are your only options in the NHL right now, and if and if and if you find you know have that look at that arrow as your reminder because if you find yourself going oh maybe we'll just kind of hold our ground and see like no that's that's almost always a mistake in the NHL like if you're a team like Toronto or a team like you know maybe even Edmonton falls into this category where you're you're already moving forward just from the momentum of what you've already done then that's fine but if you're if you're standing still you're dead in this league. All right, let's do some names real quick and then we'll do questions. Do you think Matthew Shane, Colorado, or is he somewhere else after the deadline? I think uh, I think Joe Sackett kicks the can down the road to the summer and then we see where we go from there. I think he has to do it. Shattenkirk? I feel like Shattenkirk still gets moved. I, I, I feel like it just, Doug Armstrong has kind of gone too far down that road. It wouldn't shock me if they kept him, but I'm leaning yes on him. Same as Duchesne. Bishop. Uh, yeah, he's he's got to be moved unless there's unless there's some crazy no trade situation there that that he's got more control than we think. Then uh, I I don't I can't see a scenario where it makes sense to keep him. Jerome McGinley's for sure gonna go. Do you think Shane Doan? Do you think Shane Doan finally says, "Get me the hell out of here for just two months." Yeah, I I think I think he does. I could see that being a situation though where he he gives such a small list of teams that. Either they don't get very much for him, or, or maybe even can't make. Like if he goes and says, "Yeah, I want to go, but only to San Jose," then maybe it just doesn't happen. And then, and then it's going to be fun because everyone will have to pretend that he never gave a list and they never were thinking about trading him in the first place. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with most of these. Boy, we're we're just so smart with our takes. What can I say? All right, so I put out the call for trade deadline questions. I said, "Give me some trade deadline questions." <laughs> we're doing a trade deadline show because this is going to be a podcast that's out before the trade deadline, and we're not going to be in here again until after it. So, this is like a trade deadline preview. And so I said, "Give me some 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 trade deadline. Give me some trade questions." And Dan Straight Edge, not to miss a beat, asks us, "Would you trade your respective careers, which you could never go back to, for a hundred thousand dollars right now?" So, someone gives you a hundred k. But you could never write about hockey or podcast about hockey again. Would you take it? Wow, I've gone all philosophical. <laughs> I would. I would. I, I think I would. I think I would. I think I would one hundred percent take it, and I would. Use that <laughs> I have a feeling that you would one hundred percent take. It. I don't think yeah. I would. Uh, I don't think I would. But I'm. You know. You know what? I'm not shopping, but I am listening. <laughs> 
Like, what's the number? What if it was 250K? Would you take it? <laughs> see, now it's a negotiation. Now. See, <laughs> see, this isn't so hard, NHL GMs. This is, this is how we get there. This is how we get stuff done. Um, Seth Wooten, Seth Wooten1 wants to know, do you think there's any chance Columbus gets Matt Duchesne? The only reason why I think that there might be is, like, I don't see a great fit. I don't see, you know, you haven't heard them very much, but it was that uh, that Pierre Lebrun piece where he was talking about the expansion draft and he just randomly chose them as the example. Like, that just made my ears perk up a little bit. Like, whenever you hear someone who's that plugged in mention a team, like, uh, I don't know. And, and maybe he did it because he figured they were, like, the least likely team, so he, he could use them purely as an example, but... Yeah, that it, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to file that away as as maybe. So the answer the que- if the question was, do you think they will or or will they? Then no. But if I think the question was, is there any chance at all? Yeah, you know, I'm, I feel like that door is maybe just a crack more open than we think it might be. No chance. John Tortorella would hate Matthew Shane within six seconds of meeting him. That would never work. Never. <laughs> Um, Christian hates As opposed you. to the 10 seconds it takes him for everybody else he's ever met in his life. <laughs> I'm only reading this question because I think it's funny. It says, Devils colon, think they should trade him while his value is high and get a pick or another scorer. He never listed the guy's name. He just used the pronoun him. So I just... So do, do you want to like, maybe he's just talk about him? I think, I think maybe he's saying like the Devils. Like, would you trade the Devils for a draft pick right now? <laughs> I would. If it was a high enough pick, yeah. like if I could get a second round pick for the Devils, I'd do it. If you're going to I mean, rebuild, is, let's is really it a high second? Here. Am I picking like 35th or am I picking yeah. 57th? I feel because like we need to go NBA. It needs pick. to be a conditional second, rolls over into a second and a third <laughs> next year if it doesn't. So there's, yeah, that, that's our big trade rumor. Second round pick to the Devils for the Devils. John Hines is just coaching that one guy into the ground. No, he played. He played a good game out there. He played a good. He played a full sixty. Um, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen more shots get on net, but um, not a lot of help there. Uh, Mac Mac Irwin wants to know: Should the Wild be a legit buyer? Is because this is their fir- their first in the West. They're, he says their first. Oh, they're first in the West, but do they have a cup shot? Yes, they have a cup shot. They absolutely have yes a cup yes. shot. The if if here here's why the Wild should be buyers. Uh, the West is wide open. The Central is wide open. They are... I know Minnesota fans get mad every time I refer to Minnesota as an old team. Uh, and and it's it's true that in a sense, like, they kind of have this younger core that's sort of emerging and taking over from the, from the older core, a bit like the Blues did a few years ago. But, you know, like, you're still locked in forever to Zach Parise, Ryan Suter. You know, Mika Koivu is still there. Like, these guys are... These are older guys. Your window to win with those guys is is a narrow one uh you've got a new coach who's having a big impact that tends to be something that only lasts for a a limited period of time uh everything else is clicking you're getting a a great year out of your goaltender to me i'm not saying you mortgage everything to load up but yeah this is absolutely i feel like they check almost all the boxes in terms of being a team that should go out there and and be as aggressive as possible including the fact that they have a little bit of cap room they don't have a ton but they've got enough, especially if they're creative, to to go out and add a couple of name players, not necessarily superstars, but they 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 could they could add two or even three pieces and and really make it clear that they're going for it. Every other question, I feel like we've already touched on. People want to know about trading goalies, what it was like to what it was like to live through the trade deadline in the '90s. Ah, oh, those were the days, my friends. 
you kids today in your trade deadline. You don't know how good you had, how good we had it back then. Oh boy, remember those days? Oh man, it, I mean the thing is in the nineties, you had huge trades during the season too. Like you, like a, a blockbuster would go down, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a trade like oh yeah, first round pick for something. It was like oh here's two all star players getting traded for each other. Now, half the time that was because at least one of those players was sitting out and refusing to honor his contract and forcing a trade out of town, but it was still fun. People keep asking if Flurry gets moved before. No, like they nobody wants Mark Andre Flurry. Like he's not going to yeah. get traded. Uh, he's 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 they're going to buy him out after the season, and they need a backup in case Matt Murray gets hurt. People, I think people have forgotten that that Mark Andre Flurry started Game Five against Tampa last year because Mike Sullivan was like, I don't know about this Matt Murray kid, yeah. and, and they fell behind three two, and Matt Murray had to win the last two games of that series. Like they still yeah. like Mark Andre Flurry enough. Where I feel like that's that's like expansion draft panic kicking in because people understand that you know they they've been told that if Mark if they don't move Mark Andre Flurry that that means that they lose Matt Murray in the expansion draft. And I still don't think that's true. I think... No, they have to buy him out to avoid that is what I read. Like, But can they, they can they buy him out before the draft? <sighs> I think so. Uh, otherwise, otherwise that might, would be... Yeah. Like, I think one of those like respected hockey people wrote that. But even they, if, even, even if you don't... Even if it's not a buyout, you just go to him and you say, look, you know, can you... Like, wave the no... Do you want to wave the no trade or, or the no movement and we can find a... You know, maybe go to Vegas if he wants that or maybe we find somewhere else or... Do you want to not do that and get booed every night for the remaining two or three years that you're in Pittsburgh and suddenly you go from being like beloved Penguins goaltender to pariah <laughs> in the Pittsburgh sports scene? Like I think like Mark Andre Fleur is a smart guy. He knows what's up. His his agent knows what's up, but they'll they'll figure something out. Don't panic, Pittsburgh. Uh, former flyer trademark symbol Dan K says, "Do you guys think of a trade like the Hainsy deal as setting the market, or is that total bullshit?" I think it's both. Like, I feel like if I was a GM and I went to a team and was like, "Hey, I would like Michael Delzato. I'm going to give you a third round for Michael Delzato," and he was like, "Dude, Ron Hainsy's worth a second. You got to give me that." I'd be like, "Buddy, I didn't say Ron Hainsy was worth a second. Somebody else did. I don't. I don't care what that person thinks. So I my offer is a third. But I do think that is kind of a thing, though, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, like if, if you're someone who, who's been trying to get a Ron Hainsey-type defenseman from somewhere else, and they've been asking for a second, and you've been offering a third, and you're kind of hoping the price goes down, like you are you did not appreciate the news you saw today, yeah. because that does set it. And, they, and you're right. You can take it too far. It Like this, we're constantly being told, and when it comes to defensemen, like the Taylor Hall trade ruined everything for everybody, because now... You know, everyone, anyone who's got a defenseman with a pulse thinks they're going to get a first-team all-star. But yeah, I, I, I do think that it, it probably it probably does set the market a little bit, which given this batch of GMs probably means it just gives people more reason not to do anything. And finally, one more, and then we'll get Tim Barnes out of here. This room is hot in here, by the way. It's like the sun beats directly into this room here at Vice. And there's like no shade or anything. I'm like sweating through my t-shirt. I could probably use a shower at this point. Um Ruben of Akkad, A-K-K-A-D. Um, he's got some Milo joke as his Twitter name, Milo's dad. Um, he says, how can the Dallas Stars get rid of both goalies for no money? Well, they can't. That's not going to happen. That that would be... You, you know what? The time to do it... I mean, you can get rid of them. You know, you can do buyouts. You can do... You could take back some other contract. But no, you're not going to get rid of them, clear them off. The The time to do it would be... You know, I don't know. I 
I would almost, if I was Dallas, consider making a phone call to the Flyers right now. Just knowing the Flyers have got two goalies who are both hitting UFA. And I'd say, I've got two goalies. You know, you've got two goalies that are so-so that are hitting UFA. I've got two goalies that are so-so that both have one year left. Do you want one of these goalies just so that you go into next year knowing you've got one Some, veteran goaltender? Something, yeah. And you're not, and, and, and I take back Steve Mason and his, and they're like, I'm, I'm, going to let him go at the end of the year and that clears some space off. Maybe you got to eat a bit of the contract or something like that. But that to me would be a situation where I, I, I think it'd be worth at least a phone call. My, 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 my theory is trade for Ben Bishop with the, with the idea that you're going to sign him long-term once you get him, send back Niemi to, to, uh, or not, no, no, not send back Niemi, put, put, put Niemi on waivers, put him in the AHL, deal with it that way. And then after the season, either buy out Kari Lettinen, put him on long-term IR with some sort of concussion issue because he might still have some lingering effects since he had that concussion he had a couple of years ago, or trade him because he has one year left on his deal and he'll be easier to move and he's better than yeah. I think. I feel like once, you, like when you've got one year left on your deal, now guys are in play that maybe wouldn't have been. Uh, that seems to be anything more than a year, GMs go go running, unless it's their own guy, in which case they throw seven or eight years at him. But if it's anyone else on another roster, I feel like one year, I feel like in the summer, there, there's a chance to do something. Unfortunately, if you're a Dallas Stars fan, you've, you've just flushed away two seasons of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan's prime while Jim Neal figures out his goaltending. But maybe you've got a chance to, to finally, finally go somewhere next year. Either way, no matter how they do it, it's going to be a pain in the ass. So it won't cost nothing, but they'll they'll eventually. I think they'll figure it out this off season, especially if they miss the, especially if they miss the playoffs. And they're especially, like, right. and and you know, and again, there is depending on how it goes, and goaltending is going to be a weird position in the expansion draft. But you know, call up George McPhee and say, mm. "What's it worth to you to take one of our guys, or to you know, or or even even in a trade situation, you know, what what's it worth? What else do we have to package with it?" You know, you you're not going to be that good anyways. Your your cap situation isn't something you're particularly worried about. Are you willing to take one of these guys and we throw in a pick or something like that? And uh, you know, maybe maybe there's a way to get that done. I just realized that once once Colorado trades trades Matthew Shane, George McPhee becomes Lord of the Trade. He becomes the guy that can be like, oh, look at all these people that want to dump their garbage on me. That's right. <laughs> but he has to slay Joe Sackick first to make that happen. <laughs> All right, we, we've 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 done an hour. I think I think we're done. I think that's I think that's enough. You got any, you got anything else you want to throw in there? Any other? One hour more of work than most NHL GMs did this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks to Tim Barnes for sitting in this hot room. He's got pants and a sweater on. Like he must be dying. He just he can't he can't. I'm in a t-shirt basically, and I'm I'm sweating like a like a uh, I don't know. It's like what, of, Dave? Uh, I was thinking cat in a Chinese restaurant, but like that's like that's both offensive and old. Yeah. Like that's not even like good. Yeah. That's not even like a modern sort of sweating joke. Um, but yeah, I think it's time to go. I think it's time to say goodbye. All right. Well, join us next week as we recap all of the many many trades, and or just produce one hour of pure rage in podcast form. It'll be one hour of Nick Schultz analysis on his trade to Boston. See ya. Bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.